We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mailbag time, mailbag yeah. time. So Ryan, so we, we have got. we have 15 questions. We're just gonna unless somebody adds a super chat, we're just gonna stick with those 15 for now and then okay. just rock and roll because I know um we're we're a little crunch for time today, but I did want to get rocking and rolling. But we're gonna start up top. Why Kerwin with a question besides the freshman, who has the most upside at Viper, including the freshman? Who would you see like to like to see start at Viper in 2024 and rotation? What, what would you like to see? Well, for me, the fresh besides the freshman who has the most upside at Viper, um, Bubakar. If he stays yeah. at Viper, it's Bubakar. I would say my only hesitation, yeah. Ryan, was does he stay there? He's currently listed at 236, so it sounds like he's going to kind of for now stay in that that Viper range. So if he sticks at Viper, it's it's Bubakar, and it's not really close. Now that Burnham's on the other side, it's not close. Like Burnham's the only guy that I thought could have been in the discussion for who has the highest yeah. upside. Still might have gone with Bubakar, uh, but now that Josh is on the other side, it's Bubakar. I just if he if he leaves, I don't know that there's a lot of high ceiling guys left. It would be the freshman. It would be Logan Thomas. Would be you know, but that's not in there. That would be my answer for number one. We're on the same page there, including the freshman. Who would you like to see start at Viper in 2024? I'd like to see Jordan Patelho start and be the guy that we think he can be. That's what I'd like to see. And then yeah. Junior and and Bubakar can kind of come along. But, you know, I mean, there, oh, he, people say he battled an injury all year. I mean, okay, maybe he did. Whatever the case may be, he just didn't play very well. And yep. I know that he played well in the bowl game, but I'm kind of like, yeah, against Oregon State's backup tackles. Like, that doesn't, that doesn't move the needle for me the way he played, the way his bowl performance in the Gator Bowl against South Carolina did. They're going to need him to play better. And, and so my, my, my hope is always that the veteran steps it up and figures it out. But if he if he ends up kind of faltering again, then my hope is that Bubik, the light goes on for Bubakar, and that that could be the answer no matter what, Ryan. If the light goes on for Bubakar, but I just would like to see Bubakar kind of be a rotation guy early on, and then eventually grow into more of a full time role would be the ideal. But my hope is that Patel figures it out. But um, he he's one of many guys right now that I'm in show me mode for this season. He's I'm in 100 yeah. show me mode with Jordan Patel. 
Did you did you know what his weight was on that thing? I it was two fifty something. Yeah, it was it was down. It was down a little, a little bit. bit. It was two fifty. Let me find it. It was Batelho. It was two fifty eight. It's about seven okay. about, what seven eight pounds lower. So yep. I wouldn't mind seeing him okay. shave off another three to five pounds and just trying to get some of that twitchiness back because he he just did not show that at all this year yep. in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, ideally, who would I like to see start at Viper? I mean, I, I, I'm I'm, just kind of out on Jordan Batelho as far as, like, depending on him right now. I, I am also in show-me mode. So I well, I hope to be pleasantly surprised by Jordan Batelho having a bounce back year and being able to be that guy. But ideally, give me, give me Bubakar and year two breakout to be that guy. And then you rotate guys like Junior Tuelamaka, Jordan Batelho in would be my ideal. Obviously, that's not totally realistic but you're asking for what i would like to see right so that's mm-hmm. what i would like to see and if jordan batello is able to be that guy then i will be pleasantly surprised and then i'll be able to get back on the jordan batello bandwagon but i need to see it before i believe it at this point we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I got this next one, Ryan. This is for you. This is from Archer452. Speaking of California linebackers, because we were talking about a lot about Kingston Villiama Asa today. Uh, Cali- California linebackers from a Catholic school. Is Notre Dame making a push for, for Madden Ferriemo? Ferriemo. Emo. I'm not uh, sure how to pronounce it. I think that's how you pronounce the last name. Fair, uh, yeah, it is fair, Amo. Um, so, so um, Archer, there was a little bit of conversation early, especially like when they had first offered Madden. There was actually a little bit of interest as well, 
but he's never visited and Notre Dame at this point just has a few guys on the on the board that I think are just a little bit higher and a more of a priority right now so that uh, that isn't a guy that I anticipate being a part of the equation in the end unless something changes like I, I know they went out and saw him or they went out to his yeah. high school recently but you know I I don't know like you said Ryan I if he if he announces he's going to be coming to campus or something like that soon then then sure. But, but them going out to his high school was partly about seeing him, but it's also partly about just you, you're Notre Dame. You've got to get out to Jay Sarah Catholic. I mean, that's just whether it's yes. like, that's what you have to understand about recruiting this time of year. Sometimes you're going because there's a kid that you like at that school right now. But like right now, if there wasn't a kid on Notre Dame's board from St. Thomas Aquinas, they'd still have to go to St. Thomas Aquinas. I mean, there's, there's, there's the regional recruiting. You need to build relationships, even if there's no one on the board for you now, because if you just, ignore a school like modern day or Bosco or St. Thomas Aquinas or St. Francis or, or J. Sarah Catholic when they don't have a kid you're looking at. And then you want to show up two, three years later when they have a kid. Well, guess what? Bam has been here every year, even when there wasn't a kid they were on building that relationship with us. And so that's yeah. part of it too. It's not always just about, yeah, we're checking on this kid, but they're going to, even if Madden had told them, Hey, I'm not interested. I have no interest in you at all or they weren't interested in him, they're still going to sit Jay Sarah Catholic. I just want people to understand that. Uh, but it is good to get out there because then you can have a better feel of, okay, what's, what is this kid's interest level? You know, talking yeah. to the coaches. And, you know, so so if we hear something over the next month about him setting up a visit, then you know that that there's some legit interest there. But to your point, Ryan, until that happens, um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not – he's not on my board of guys that I'm looking at. I just wanted to make sure people understood that even though they went to his high school, it doesn't necessarily mean that all of a sudden – He's back at the top of their board. They were going to go to J. Sarah Catholic no matter what, and they should have. It's called sure. it's called good recruiting. It's what yep. you need to do. Mark Marco Jones and Noah McHale are a couple other California linebackers that Notre yeah. Dame is trying to prioritize. And so, yes, yeah. and they're higher on the board, no doubt. Yep. Adam Blair is Bryce Young the best recruiting win find for Marcus Freeman because nobody thought he was going to be this player, including myself. I would say it might be their best evaluation so far, yeah. possibly. I don't yeah. know, like when it's it's Bryant Young's son, right? So if you were going to push for Bryce Young, you were probably going to get Bryce Young ultimately. Was it though, Adam, a great evaluation? Yeah. yeah, it was. I remember when they offered him after his sophomore year. I was like, dude, what what is that? Like that yeah. is just a throwout offer. Like that yeah. is nothing right there. And then he develops into a top fifty player yeah. and a five-star by one recruiting service as a senior i mean so i would say that this is he it was it's probably been their best evaluation so yeah. far in their tenure in my opinion because like when they offered him as a sophomore it was all about the, the dna that was it. it you saw this six foot four string being 190 pound kid that you just thought you know what we know who his dad is and we think he's going to develop because the film wasn't all that i mean you he looked like a kid who'd never really played football before as a sophomore, which is kind of pretty yeah. much what he was. I mean, his dad was very much about because how can a son of a Hall of Fame defensive lineman not be more technically advanced? Because his dad was adamant, I am not pushing my kid to football. If Bryce yeah. is going to play football, it's going to be 100% Bryce's decision. And if you know Bryce at all, Ryan, he's very, he's a very Notre Dame type of kid because he's not just like this top 50 recruit that's football, 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 football all the time. He's a very smart thoughtful, like interest outside of football kind of guy. Kid. Yeah. Which is yeah. good. And, and yeah. so when he chose football, it was his choice and that's yep. important. Uh, but when, when you, when you look at kind of his development, 
you could start to see as a junior that there was something there. And that's why, yeah. you know, I had him as a three and a half star ranked recruit as a junior, but I had him as a four and a half upside. And I said, the physical tools are there to be a five star, but he's really behind technically. I'm just not quite ready to put him up to five star yet. But then, boom, as a senior, he grew into it. But when they offered him as a sophomore, it was 100% projection. It was they saw the body and they said, we think this kid, and I was told this at the time, we think he's going to blow up, physically blow up over the next couple of years. They saw that. Now, I couldn't yeah. say that because I didn't, I never saw Bryce in person. I only saw the pictures, but they saw that. So, to your point and, and to what Adam asked, it is a, it was a great find. The biggest win that to me, Marcus Freeman has had so far is Kingston Villayama Asa just because they had to beat Ohio State to get him. And they just have not beat Ohio State for a kid like him in a long time would would probably be the biggest win. And there are others. I mean, Benjamin beating Jimmy Lake and Nick Saban for Benjamin Morrison was huge. You know, uh, being able to go down and, and, and beat LSU and Ohio State for Christian Gray was huge. You know, who they had to beat to get Ivan Taylor in the class was huge. But Kingston's just got, out of Louisiana. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yep. There's been a lot of guys like that. But Kingston, to me, because it was Ohio State, that's just not a school that they have had a whole lot of success with against outside of offensive linemen during the Harry Heastand era. So he yep. kind of, to me, kind of got that ball rolling a little bit with some of the wins they ended up having. So I think that was the biggest win. Not that he was necessarily the best player, because I don't have him as the highest-ranked player in this class. It's more about who you had to go up against, and the odds that people thought going in, do they really have a shot at this kid? Right? I mean, Peyton Woodyard yeah. is, went to the same high school. He is Kyle Hamilton's cousin, and he really barely gave Notre Dame the time of day after his sophomore year. Right? That school just does not look at Notre Dame very much. I think the only kid they've got last 15 years is DJ Morgan. Is that the only other kid? So this was a, that was a huge win, in my yeah. opinion. Easy evaluation, though. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> very very easy. easy evaluation. Very easy. Um, I'm gonna bring this one up. This is not football related, but I do I do want to address this briefly. If you could go ahead and read that one for me. Kyle Wade says, Are there any singular Bible verses or sections that you can recall to help motivate you get you out of a funk? I've been kind feeling kind of sucky recently. So, Kyle, number one, do me a favor, shoot me an email at brian at irishbreakdown.com. There's a lot of different things that I would give to you. Number one is I would never, ever, ever read a Bible verse singularly because you will never understand the context. And you can easily take a Bible verse out of context. For example, one of the most misabused Bible verses I've ever seen is Philippians 4.13. that says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And people will take that to mean like I can lift a car if I have no, no, it, it, the whole it, the passage in context is no matter what you're suffering through, as long as you have Christ, you can find peace and contentment. And so reading Philippians chapter four in the proper context is very helpful. I think if someone who's in a funk, I think the power of prayer is very important. So Ephesians chapter, the entire chapter six is something that I find very comforting in times of sorrow. And the other thing that I really like to do uh, when I'm feeling in it, when I'm in a funk is read through the Proverbs. Uh, in the Old Testament. So those are just three off the top of my head, but but please feel free to write, reach out, Kyle, and and maybe I can pick your brain a little bit on specifically some of the things you're struggling with and, and maybe give you in a more a more direct, um, you know, applicable to kind of what you're struggling with uh, passages. But, but for me, honestly, first of all, be prayerful. Uh, God can always help you uh, out directly, but if you want to sit down and really get in his word, which is always a positive, Philippians uh, chapter four, Ephesians chapter six, 
I would say really the whole book of Philippians, to be honest with you, and then reading through the Proverbs um, are always things that, that I tend to to look look at when I'm in a in a funk and, and need to get out of get out of that funk. So those are things that I would encourage you to do. And I appreciate you reaching out and asking about that. But shoot me an email, Brian at Irishbreakdown.com, and we can talk further about it. I mean, Irish Gordy Nod says, why were Kingston, Liam Wasa, and Drake Bowen's final rankings so different? Drake started as a five-star on one service, finished outside the top 250. Kingston started outside the top 250, finishes as a five-star. I don't remember Kingston being outside of the top 250. I don't I don't know who had him outside of the top 250. I remember him like late, late hundreds by yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't he was not a guy that I remember being outside of, but but he did climb up the rankings and I think a part of it, honestly, is just it's going to come down to where he's from. Yeah, because I'm looking at Rivals. The the very first rankings that Rivals came out with in 2022, Kingston was ranked 107th, and he's been in their top 100 ever since. So maybe maybe for like for uh, 247, because some of them actually I really like how Rivals, and sometimes 247 will have this, but they'll actually show a kid's ranking trajectory over time and how it kind of rose over time. So like, I'm going back to this, going back to um, actually, if you look at it, rivals or two, four, seven had Kingston ranked 10th overall uh, back in 2022. So he actually kind of dropped off when he was looking at Notre Dame down to 90th. And then he rose back up to 42. A couple reasons why I think there's a difference is you do not want to tick off St. John Bosco by screwing over one of their players, that's a program you need a good relationship with if you're a recruiting service. Yeah. And Drain in Indiana, nobody cares, right? <laughs> I mean, if if their coach is mad at you because you screwed over one of their players, so what? You know, so I think that's – that. honestly, that boils down to – and also, I think Kingston is a far more advanced player than Drake was. Drake was all about just – that's a raw, God-given athlete with a lot of talent, right, playing in a small area. Where Kingston did what he did on the biggest stage in high school football, you know uh, that that's the difference to me, honestly. On top of just the relationship part, the, there's the bias part and all that. But when you watch a kid do what he did at a place like St. John Bosco, if you even think about dropping his ranking, you're just going to lose all credibility. Because even yep. even even Ohio State fans will jump into this chat and be like, "That's a dude," you know what I mean? Like that's the guy that like that 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 one hurt. You know, not, usually it's like, oh, we don't care about this, that, or whatever. You know, you, it, it's it's usually like that. But this this one is like, you can't you can't screw that one up, in my opinion. You just can't. Yeah. yeah. So I think those are those are factors in it. We had Andre Tonsil who says, "This is why we have you, Brian and Ryan. Rankings are so subjective because who is doing it? Yeah. I mean, Andre, like it's always subjective. It really is. I, I think that for me." For me, I, I look. I, I think that anybody that does rankings, as long as they have a thorough process and a process that I understand, and they're willing to put their neck out there and say that this is my process and this is what it's going to be, I respect it all the time. That doesn't mean I have to disagree. Uh, that doesn't mean I have to agree with it, though. Yeah. Ultimately, right? That's why I always tell people like, you can listen to me. I'm glad you listen to me. But at the end of the day, like you can do your own homework. And if you have a difference yeah. of opinion, you have a difference of opinion on a football player. It is subjective. But I will say that there is a very fine line. I put this on Twitter maybe a couple of weeks ago. There's a fine line between saying out like scouting subjective, sure, but also people hitting more than they miss means that they're good at it, right? Like there is still a super fine line between that. So, but I think that the scouting is subjective is absolutely true. 
I just think as long as the process is good, I can respect it. But no. you never have to agree, obviously, with every person's right. scouting opinion. And, and Ryan, if I were to ask you who are your, the three best talent evaluators that you know and guys that you just think are the best at what they do, there is absolutely positively going to be big differences of opinion with them on certain prospects. Yeah. that That's the way that it is. It's it's So to your point, there's all, people are always going to miss. People are always going to get them wrong. It, yep. It's the people that we respect, and, and you and I, there's some guys, Jordan Reed we both respect, Dane Brugler we both respect. You and I have got some chuckles out of Dane Brugler's slow coming around on Joe Walt. Sure. But you always felt like, hey, he's just wrong on this one. I, but it's I, not, I, there's I, no I, bias or anything like yeah. Go ahead, Ryan. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, I understood it, though, right? Like, there was right. um, even someone that was talking about, like, I did want to see Joe Walt take a jump as far as being a little bit more assertive as a run blocker this year. I agreed with that sentiment. I still think that he undervalued other parts of his game a little bit too right. lowly, but ultimately, at least I understood his perspective, and I understood why there was some concern. And you knew that he was going to stay in the film room, and if Joe yep. did those things, he would bump him up. And now I think Joe's his number one or number two offensive tackle, right? I mean, so yeah. that's the thing is, like, he didn't have that opinion. He's going to stick to it belligerently and – you know, under for no, just, hey, this is what I'm doing and I'm doing it because it's different. You know, like there's a process that you respect to it, Ryan. So even when you don't agree with them, you're like, but I respect that guy's. Or you may be like, you know what? Like that guy that I respect said this on this kid that's way different than mine. Let me go back in the film room again and just reevaluate the kid. And th- you may come back with the same opinion you already had, but you're more open yeah. to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so it, it, it's okay to be different. My problem with with some of the recruiting services is a is is that there is there does tend to be a very clear bias towards a door towards programs, pro and against. And it's because it's more about things than just talent or projection, right? Like I've had to do things in my grading system to protect against biases. I have a bias for big receivers. And I have tended to overrate big receivers because I look past certain things because I like big receivers. So I've had to create a grading system that doesn't overinflate certain things. Some people may evaluate, you know, like a buddy of mine puts way too much emphasis on speed at running back. It's a very clear bias he has, even though I've given him 10 years worth of evidence of guys who aren't burners that are great college backs, doesn't matter. You have to do things kind of because everyone has a bias. And somebody in the chat earlier said a bias is 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 being dishonest. No, it's not. If yeah. it's an if it's an intentional bias, then yes, I don't like Notre Dame players or I don't like Notre Dame fans because they were mean to me when I used to work for a Notre Dame site. That's that's dishonest. But if it's like I like bigger receivers or Ryan likes certain traits on defensive linemen, that's a bias. But it's not it's not a dishonest bias. It's a I just tend to like that. And so when guys have those traits, I'm going to probably have them higher maybe than other people are because I tend to have a bias towards those traits. And good evaluators are going to do things to say, hey, I tend to miss this position consistently. Why? And then you evaluate yourself. That's what good evaluators do is they don't, you know, if you keep missing at quarterback, then maybe your process for evaluating quarterbacks is flawed. You need to reevaluate that. And so that's things I've had to do over the years at certain positions. Cause like I said, I had a lot of misses early on with big receivers going back to like Dan Buckner back in like the 08 class. And, and so, okay, where am I missing? I'm missing on six, five plus receivers. I, you know what I mean? And so like, okay, I've, I've got to figure out a way to, 
to evaluate these things so I don't continue to miss on these guys and, and think about why am I missing on these guys? And so I think that if you find people that do that, then you can, then you're, you don't care that they're wrong. That's fine. I'm wrong. I've had bad misses in my evaluation. I think I've had a lot more wins, but I've had a lot of bad misses. And so you have to really evaluate why, why do you have those misses yeah. and then alter your, your process. And those are the people I respect and, and, and be open-minded enough to change your mind. Like Ryan, there was a quarterback a couple of years ago that you were really high on, but then as his career progressed, like he didn't develop the way that I wanted him to. So you didn't just like stubbornly hold on to it. He said, "Hey, he's not the yeah. guy that I thought he was two years ago." And evaluation changes. That's yep. that's how you need to be. Good stuff. Thanks, Andre. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Josh Miller with a question. Thank you, Josh. Watching the Lions this year has shown me how important culture and leadership is in a program. Would you say player leadership has been down at Notre Dame since Coach Freeman has taken over? No. um, No, I think we started to see this late in Brian Kelly's tenure. I think this is a continuation of what we saw in the last couple years of Brian Kelly's tenure, to be honest with you. I think Notre Dame had player leadership issues in 2019. I think they had player issue, issue player leadership issues in 2021. So I, I would argue this is a continuation of what he's he's weeding out a culture that existed when he arrived. Is what I would say, more so than it being an issue since he took over. Do you thoughts on that, Ryan? Agree, disagree? Yeah, Ryan's having some technical difficulties right now. But uh, that would be my my take on that one. So let's get to the next question here from Beef Eater in the 08. Brian, if you were Gordon Gecko and you were going to buy out a rating service and remove the indie bias as the new owner, which one would it be and which other service would you buy and sell for parts? Hmm. So if I was Gordon Gecko, I what I would do is I'd start my own. I would build up CFB Nation. I would have the the the, the capital to do that. And I would kind of, the, the parts that I would kind of buy, I would, I would, I would buy on three and there's some things that on three does as far as a layout thing, they provide all the rankings of the other services. They provide visit. There's some really good stuff that on three does from an actual like website quality standpoint that I really like. I love the fact that they're willing to put all the other recruiting rankings uh, in there and then link you to that player's page. I love that, you know, where other services like we're not linking anything. We're not mentioning anything. They're okay with that. I think that's a really good thing. They, they the way that they handle things. There's some there's some oddness to the layout that I would like to see different. I mean, like one thing I like about Rivals 
is everything that Rivals has is on kind of like that one page where with 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 uh, on three, you've got to kind of click to different links. So I would kind of make some changes over there. There's really not a whole lot at 247 that I would that I would care about as far as like the way the website is laid out. This has nothing to do with Irish Illustrated. Love those guys. They you know, you guys know I, I, I love the, the job that Tim, the Tim's do there. This is about the, the, the website, the structure of the website, uh, which is not in their control at all. That's what 247 does. Uh, but there's not a whole lot that I find endearing about the layout of their website. There's some things Rivals does that I like, some database things that they do that I like. I think On3 is, is, very, is a little bit more easy to manage, and, and, I, and I like that aspect of it. So, But I would start my own. I would, I would do my own thing. I wouldn't take anyone else over. I would start my own. If I had that kind of capital, I would start my own. Absolutely what I would do. Jesse Ferguson, when a three-star player has a great senior season and fails to move up, I always assume they just aren't being scouted. But Bryce Young moving down four spots on Rivals of the All-American game is absolutely insane. Yeah, I, that one makes no sense to me. I, I, I mean, Ryan, you were there. I can't think of a single reason why you could justify i mean i saw a lot of the clips not all of them but i saw a lot of the clips that ryan sent me for i i I can't think of a reason why you would move him down from 216 to 220 like okay it's one thing if you had him 24th and you move him down to 28th okay fine you know but to, to he's already way too low and then you move them down some more that one made no that that that's just to me Someone has stubbornly decided they think this is what they think about him, and they're just not going to be moved. That's that stubbornness yeah. thing that you and I have talked about, Ryan. Where you can't, you have to be confident as an evaluator. You shouldn't be stubborn as an evaluator because there's a difference. Confident means you're going to have to make a case to move me off of it. I'm going to need to see more than just a couple plays or one good game to move off of my evaluation that I did off of, you know, over the course of a couple seasons. That's why I think it's so nuts. To, to take a guy and make a huge jump based on an all-star game. You know, like you can move a guy based on an all-star game because you saw him up in person. He's a little bigger than you thought, a little quicker than you thought. But like a guy shouldn't go from like number 275 going into the all-star game to top 40 coming out unless you just flat out got his evaluation wrong, right? Like it, that, it, if it's something like that. But, you know, so you've got to be, you've got to be, hey, this is what I believe. I've put in the work to come to that. But I'm open to having my opinion changed if you can present me a case or present me evidence. That's a good place to be, Ryan. I know you're that way with the value. I'm I'm confident in my evaluation. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm confident in it. But I I also yeah. think that you're someone who's a lot. You know, someone I respect says something different. They we have a discussion. I'll go back and look at it and be open to changing my opinion if the if the film tells me I should change it. But what you can't be is someone who's like I've made this opinion and I'm not backing off of it no matter what. That that's stubbornness. That's not that has no place to me in in in, in evaluating and ranking. Confidence, yep. sticking to your principles, is a good thing. Just blind stubbornness, just for the sake of it, is is another thing. And, and the ranking that Rivals has of him just strikes me as is that. Just a it seems to be just a very stubborn. I'm not backing off of this opinion of him. Move, despite right. the fact he's huge, he's athletic, had a monster senior season in a pretty good area. And he then went down and played really well at the All-Star game. There's no argument you can make that he's not a top 100 player. You could argue that he's not a five-star, but you can't argue he's not a top 100 player. And then to move him down in the top 200, yeah. that seems nuts to me, Ryan. Well, moving down is weird. I mean, I, I think that for me, like, All-Star games are always verification, right? It's either 
this guy's exactly what I thought he was. It solidifies your process, or he is he didn't look as good as I thought he would. So I need to go back and watch more and be able to dissect this game a little bit. And I just I don't understand how anybody could because if if you had a moment of like, oh wow, Bridgeon was really good in San Antonio. I didn't quite see that on film. I'm gonna go back and look. There should be no impulse to drop him after that. Mm-hmm. Like that just process just is weird and it doesn't make a ton of sense. So I just think I don't know if it's a bias thing. I don't know what the reasoning exactly is for it. I don't know if there was a previous assumption or a thought that crossed. Like I, I don't know what the impulse there is, but I could say confidently by being down in San Antonio, I didn't hear a single person have anything but positive things yeah. to say about Bryce Young and a lot of climate. I mean, literally one service moved him up into a five star because a, of the a, a service that we like, think yeah. has an anti Notre Dame bias. Well, I shouldn't say we. Yeah. I don't know your opinion on this. I think has an anti-Notre Dame bias, in my opinion, has an anti And they still were like, gosh, this kid, we can't we yeah. can't look at what we just saw and not jump him up. You know what I mean? And uh, yep. yeah, it's 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 a weird one. We had Bear Down Soldiers says, can you speak on finally having championship depth on Notre Dame? They're they're getting we, there. They're yeah. getting there. I would say what right now, Ryan, in my opinion, there's only one position right now that I worry about Notre Dame having the depth needed to, to, to compete for championship. Now there's positions where the talent maybe isn't quite where it needs to be yet, but as far as from a depth and that's safety, safety is the only position yeah. right now that I say, I don't know that the depth and the depth of talent is good enough right now that that position is, is the reason you go out and win a championship from a depth standpoint. I mean, cornerback I think is there depth wise yeah. linebacker, D-line, receiver, tight end, O-line, quarterback, running back. I mean, I think from a depth standpoint, this is the deepest team Notre Dame has had in a long time. And and this show is about early enrollees, and the 24 class is going to be a big part of that because there's guys that can play right now. And, um, you know, I, I think the high-level talent at certain positions, D-end, you know, interior offensive line based on what we had last year, safety opposite Xavier Watt. I mean, there's some positions where I'd like to see the high-level talent get better. Nickel, you know, I liked Thomas Harper. I like Jordan Clark, but I'd still like to see an even higher-level guy, like a more like elite top 100 type of player there, where there's yeah. still places where I think that the, the top-level talent needs to get better. You could make a case for D-tackle after Riley Mills and Cross are gone. You know, who are those guys? So there are some positions where I think the top end talent, defensive end is another one where, you know, that's why this these this last 23 and 24 classes have to hit. Because if those guys reach their upside, then I think that changes things a little bit. But, yeah. you know, Bryce is the only one that I think has, he can play right now in him. A lot of it's project, can Bubakar get there? Can, can um, Brennan get there? Can Logan get there? We'll see. So those are positions where I think the high-level talent needs to get better, but I think the depth across the board outside of safety is really good, like really good Yep. to where you so, can lose a guy and still put a pretty good guy on the field. It's the deepest the program's been in some time, in my opinion. I mean, there might be some time, there might have been some periods where you have more high-level talent at position X or position Y, but for the most part, the depth, and I think that raises the floor. I mean, we just saw Michigan win a national championship mostly because of the depth that they've been able to create. You know, they, they were just a team that was pretty solid to good at every single spot. You know, there weren't a ton of true elite players on Michigan this past year. It was just about the tackles were good. Pass rushers were good. Linebackers were good. Safeties were solid. Corners were good. Offensive line was good. 
just a bunch of good across the board. And mm-hmm. I think that you raise that floor and then hopefully you hit on a couple of key spots, you know, obviously a couple of pass catchers, a quarterback, impact pass rushers. If you hit on that, then you have a chance to win a national right. championship. I think you need both. You just don't need yeah. just depth. You need depth yeah. plus a couple of headliners. That's why Bubakar, Logan Thomas, Bryce Young are so important. They've got to hit out. They've got to, they've got to hit because they can be that kind of like I don't know that you need like I'll look at Michigan for an example, right? They've in the in the three years that they were a playoff team, there was only one year they had truly elite edge players. And that was the first year they got destroyed by Georgia. They didn't have Aiden Hutchison and David Ajabo types on this year's class, but they just had really good pass rush across the board. However, for Notre Dame to get there with the way they play defense, I do think that they need to have a higher level of pass rush, in my opinion. And that's why Bubakar and Bryce and Logan are so important to get those guys to pan out. So, um, Ryan, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, since your internet's a little spotty, I'm going to just go ahead and read these from now on, and then if you're able to answer them, you can, and then I'll start to answer them if for some reason. But I think it'll be a little easier, a little bit easier that way. And we're getting close to the end. So, you guys getting storms over there today? I'm not sure. It just keeps um, going in and out a little bit on me. So, I'm getting a low signal. So, I don't okay. know. All right. We got Robert Bishop says, Do you guys think Tommy Reese has ever given a chance to stay at Alabama? No, no. I mean, the, no. what Tommy does offensively is some way different than what. Kalen DeBoer does offensively. So no, that wasn't going to happen. And any and he brought over Ryan Grubb, who is his guy, who knows his system and is one of the best offensive coordinators in college football. So you're good and, to go. And and I don't know that Tommy and Jamarcus Shepard necessarily hit it off real well during that interview process. So uh I don't think that would have helped the odds of him staying either. Uh Nate Indy Milton fan says, Do you think a rotating players will go down with Mike Brown as the wide receivers coach? No idea. Uh, I, I don't. I, I don't think so. Based on on what he did at Wisconsin this year, they didn't rotate receivers a ton at Cincinnati, Ryan. But but there's a bigger difference between their starters and their backup guys at Cincinnati. Yep. They had a pretty nice rotation this year. But at the end of the day, Andy Milton fan, that's going to be up to Mike Denbrock, not Mike Brown. Yep. Like Mike Denbrock's going to say, "I want a four man rotation, a five man rotation, whatever," and then it's up to Mike Brown to get that job done. Archer 452 says, Ryan, the 2025 NFL draft cornerback class feels loaded. Benjamin Morrison, uh, Travis Hunter, Will Johnson. I don't know who. Oh, Denzel Burke. Sorry. Is it one of the best cornerback classes in recent memory? And how would you rank them on the big board? Archer, they're not going to be ranked for several months, man. I'm I'm trying to get through the 2024 NFL draft. You're throwing 2025 kids at me, man. I honestly like I watch Benjamin Morrison every single week. I haven't sat down and graded Benjamin Morrison as an NFL draft prospect. I haven't done it with Travis Hunter. They both weren't draft eligible. I did a little early work on Denzel Burke because I actually thought Denzel Burke could enter the draft. I liked a lot of what I saw from Denzel Burke. Will Johnson was also a true sophomore this year. So literally haven't graded any of those three players. If you want to talk to me in the preseason, I'll have some early evaluations for the 2025 NFL draft. ESPN, Ryan, came out with their preseason All-Americans, and they had Travis Hunter first team and Benjamin Morrison second team. And I just continue to find that absurd. Like Travis Hunter, if you want to put him as an all-purpose player first team, that's fine. I mean, there's not a lot of guys that do what he does in all phases of the game. Travis Hunter was a very mediocre cornerback this year, in my opinion. I'm very well, mediocre. I, I'm not. I, I mean, I haven't gotten any feedback from the NFL because again, he's not draft eligible. But I'm not so sure that Travis Hunter is not a wide receiver on the NFL. I mean, I, I we'll see. I'm not sure I, about that. Yeah, he, he, people see the highlight real interceptions, and they're like, "Wow, what a great player!" And I'm like, "No, 
because he's get, constantly getting beat. Now, could he be better if he focused on one side of the ball? Sure. Sure, he could. But he's not. And to your point, I think you could make a case that he might be a better wide receiver than a cornerback. But I definitely am not taking him over Benjamin Morrison. But that's just – and they didn't have Xavier Watts in the first team either. Although that one – they had Malachi Starks and Caleb Downs. I don't, I would have it's Xavier Watts first. That's two pretty good freaking football players. You know, <laughs> yeah. like that's, that's one where you can have a, like, yeah, Xavier's unanimous last year, but how's Caleb going to be as a sophomore and Malachi's going to, yeah, okay. I, I may disagree, but those are really good football players. Having, um, having uh, Travis, Travis Hunter be first team is just all about hype. And, yeah. and yeah, that's all it is. Paul Carney says, what is the process when hiring a head coach when you are discussing the potential coaching staff? Does management sign off on Harbaugh, on a, for example, on Harbaugh's choices? As far as – I'm a little confused what this question is asking. Yeah, so like what when you're process? interviewing yeah. for a head coaching job and, yeah. and you know, you're going to talk because that's got to be part of the process. Any good head coach is going to go into an interview and they say, hey, what are your thoughts on staff? And you're going to have guys oh, that sure. you talk about. You know, and yep. sometimes it may not be a guy that you actually may get, but you know, you, you still talk about that guy. That's got to yep. be part of it. And so the question is, when you are discussing that, does management sign off on those choices? And he's specifically asking about like Harbaugh's choices. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, so kind of some of that, Paul. I mean, I can speak more from NFL terms. I'm sure college is probably similar, but like when you interview for a coaching job, you have to have an off-season plan. You have to have what you want your program to look like. I mean, you basically have to have an itinerary of everything that you want to logistically achieve while you're a part of the program. And they will ask you about, like, you know, who do you like as assistant coaches? Who are some guys that are just on top of your mind on your short list? Because coaches always have short lists. They always do of guys that they like, guys that they've coached with in the past, guys that they've admired from afar. And that stuff will not be decided right then, obviously, because there's – there's a whole hiring process that needs to happen after that, right? The only situation that might be different is like, let's say Kalen DeBoer gets hired at Alabama and maybe in the hiring process, he's like, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm signing off here, but like also Ryan, you know, Ryan Grubb, love to bring him. Jamarcus Shepard would love to bring him. Mm -hmm. And that's a part of that conversation, obviously. But in most situations it's about, Hey, what's your off season plan? Who are some people you like? What do you want to accomplish? How do you see them in the vision? And then after that hiring process is done, that's when you start vetting your offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, position coaches, that type of thing. It's a part of a process. The only time you're going to have them immediately sign on or sign off for a guy is someone that they either have experience with in the past or, or be someone yeah. who or, or, or someone who the management may be like, no. We're not hiring that guy. We're not bringing that guy. No, you can't bring that guy. You know, you may say, hey, I want to have so-and-so as my D coordinator. And you're like, no, whether it's that guy has a track record we don't like. That guy was here before. We had issues, you know, that you may not be aware as a head coach, candidate, things like that. That's usually the only time they'll just flat out reject the guy. You know, normally yeah. they're going to give the head coach. Like if you don't trust the head coach to put his own staff together, that's not a guy you should be hiring as a head coach. But you do, to your point, Ryan, you do want to have an idea of, like, who's he talking about? And what does that say about his vision? And then, like you said, ask, okay, well, how does this guy fit your vision? Because that can tell you, like, hey, uh, you know, when this guy tells me who his OC is going to be, that that tells me a little something about what he wants to do offensively because of the type of coaches he's going to look at. Does this guy prioritize line play? Does this guy prioritize special teams? You know, like all those type of things. Those things can give you a good glimpse into that. But – most more often than not, if they if they like what they hear, they'll sign off on the head coach making those decisions once he is hired. 
And uh, I think in, I think it's a little even easier in college because a lot of times in college you're 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 getting head coach head coaches going to be head coach somewhere else. And so like yeah, I'm bringing this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy with me, you know, and that's kind of how it'll go. NFL is a little different because you have it's, it's just it's just a little different in the NFL, in my opinion. Yep. So, and uh, we have one last question, Ryan, and then we're out of here. Archer four five two Notre Dame is tied for tenth with the most consecutive seasons with an AP poll appearance, thirteen straight seasons starting in twenty eleven. Do you see them ever having a fully unranked season again? Certainly hope not. Well, if it, <laughs> if it wasn't for the preseason poll, Notre Dame would have never been ranked in two thousand and sixteen. So, I mean, let's be honest about that. If like they were like, hey, we are not going to do our first poll till week three, like some people have advocated for it. There's no way Notre Dame is ranked. So that's the one exception. If we're being honest. The 2016 season, they would not have been ranked if it wasn't for the preseason ranking. I mean, they lost their opener, but then um, uh, what lost? They were one and three to start the season. But no, I, I don't see Notre Dame ever having a fully unranked season in, in anytime soon. I I don't. I mean, before before Brian Kelly arrived, I believe. I mean, I think 2009. I, I think they were ranked at one point in time. I think the last time before that they were never ranked, I think has to go back to 2007 where they weren't ranked. They weren't, yeah, they weren't ranked at all in 08 either. So seven and eight, they went back to back years where they were never ranked in the top 25. And then 09, they started preseason top 25 and, uh, and then jumped, jumped, fell out and then jumped back in twice later in the season and finished unranked. But no, I just, I have a hard time seeing Ryan them being out of the top 25 in the near future, much less an entire season of not in the top 25. I just, I have a hard time seeing that with the talent on this be, roster and yeah. yeah. Be very depressing if that ever happened. So yeah, yeah. let's not yeah. even think about that. Let's yeah. Not think about that. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I mean, yep. there, there were certain things about the 2015 season that I was warning people about in the off season that this is a problem. This is a problem. This could be bad. I was on Bill King's show before the 2016 season, and I said Notre Dame is either going to be really good or they're going to collapse because you could see the strength issues, which I railed about for an entire year, and people got pissed at me for, and I talked about Brian Van Gordon, how he shouldn't have been there. Like There were things you could see that this could get really ugly with this football team, with Van Gordon and Longo and the whole quarterback issues and things that I was hearing about Deshaun. I mean, there were there – were, parts of your roster you could look at and say, boy, that that may not be where you needed to be. You're you're needing Avery Sebastian to step up and play for you at safety this year. There's some concerns here. There aren't those at all with this team at all. And so I just I don't see it. I really don't. I don't. So I forgot about Avery Sebastian. I haven't heard that name in a couple yeah. years. Who was really good as his first couple years at Cal and then he had just some really bad injuries and he just was just a not he he had the athleticism of a Mike linebacker in 2016, and Notre Dame was asking him to play free safety. It was not good. Their yeah. best safety that year was Drew Tranquil. It was not good. It was not good. Yeah, so that, that'll do it, Ryan. You should go ahead and uh, take us out of here, buddy. All right, folks. Well, appreciate you all for hanging out with us today. Before you go, if you could just hit that like button for us. And by the way, if you missed the beginning section of the podcast – Talked about the new 247 rankings, talked about rivals rankings, also broke down the early enrollees, all 15 of them, and what we can expect for them early on in their Notre Dame career. Hit that like button for us, hit the subscription, make sure that you also hit that notification bell on YouTube. 
If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast platform, whether that is Apple, Spotify, or anything in between, five-star reviews are very much appreciated. Boards.irishbreakdown.com, recruiting intel, team intel, moving you further and further into the offseason. And we'll talk to you guys again very soon here on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. <laughs>